Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. We're your hosts Sammy and Danny. and in today's episode we are going to discuss a few different approaches to dieting and how there is a different time and place for each method. The methods we're going to cover today are tracking your macros, following a meal plan or a bit of a mixture of both of those options or intuitive eating slash intuitive dieting, which we discussed in our last episode with Amelia. Check it out if you haven't already. Um, so there are different approaches we are going to discuss. Sammy, would you like to explain what tracking your macros is to start off? Yes. So first of all, there's a time and place for which method you follow, I think. And so to start off with tracking your macros, something it's called in social media is like flexible dieting or if it fits your macros. So this approach is basically where you are able to eat any food that you want pretty much as long as you track it. And everyone has a certain, like certain macros they have for the day uh, with protein, carb and fat targets. And what you're trying to do is basically hit those numbers by the end of the day using foods that you enjoy yeah and I think that's probably the best way to describe it yeah and you can even make it more basic than that so the most basic approach I take with clients is to give them an overall calorie goal and a protein goal so that is like tracking your macros on a really simplistic level and it gives you a lot of flexibility because ultimately if you are in a calorie deficit you will lose body fat so it doesn't necessarily matter your proportion of carbohydrate to fat um, as long as you hit your calories, you will lose body, lose body fat. So the most flexible approach to take is to just have a calorie goal and a protein goal. And that can work. However, if you're someone who wants to take things to the next level, like really seriously, you want to compete, you need to be a little bit more specific and accurate than that. Um, especially if you're in the dog end of a contest prep and you care about your health, you need to be getting a decent quantity of fat in your diet, for example. Um, and you need to consider having a decent quantity of carbohydrate around your training. So your carbohydrate, your macronutrient distribution then matters more than it would for someone who is maybe a general population client with a few more calories available and a little bit more flexibility. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it really depends on what your goal is. Um, if you're someone who's just started going to the gym, you can get away with just hitting your protein target, you know, eating. If your uh, goal is to build muscle, make sure you're eating in a surplus. If you're trying to lose weight, eat in a deficit. Um, and then like Danny said, later down the line, or if you, you're in prep, you can start looking at those smaller details. Yeah. And how you would actually track your macros. So you would use an app like MyFitnessPal. I usually use MyFitnessPal because it's really easy to use. You just scan the barcode of the food you eat and then you enter the quantity of that food into MyFitnessPal and it will track it for you. And then at the end of the day, you'll get a carb, protein and fat total and fiber as well which you can then track on a daily basis and manipulate wherever necessary. Or if you have a coach, they can manipulate it for you. Um, but yeah, it's really easy to use. And to get the, the most out of the process, I would recommend weighing out your food using electronic scales. Because if you estimate things, you're very likely to be off by quite a large number of calories, especially if you're estimating things like peanut butter 
who can estimate peanut butter like it's yeah. so difficult and sometimes it has a measurement like one medium potato but you don't know exactly how much that is so yeah definitely measure it and also if you're someone um living in a country maybe like russia or india so not like england or america some of the foods that are available there aren't actually in my fitness pal and i've i've come across this issue when i was in russia so there's actually an option in my fitness pal where you can create your own food and all you would do is literally just look at the back of the packet and write the quantity of protein carbs and fats per hundred and then just enter it in how much you're having yeah so that's one one way to do it um and also bear in mind that there's going to be different so if you're not scanning the barcode for example there's going to be different um for example like oats yeah there's going to be different what do you call them like different oat um options and you want to make sure that it's the right one sorry different brands different brands yeah and you want to make sure that it's correct because sometimes i look at the option and for example it has no fiber in it they forgot to enter the fiber in whoever created the food so then that's obviously going to have my protein i mean my fiber intake a lot lower yeah. so just make sure that when you choose the option that it's actually correct because it's really easy to mix it up and that is why you want to scan the barcodes where possible yeah or if my clients can't find the barcodes, what I'll usually recommend is for them to use a supermarket, like a big chain supermarket's information, because it's going to be much more accurate than going on like some random person's chicken breast, what they've put into my fitness pal, and just make up, because they probably won't have put the fiber in in that case. For yeah. yeah, or just be consistent. So if you always use option number two for chicken, keep using that one because at least then you know that it's consistent. Yeah, and when you're tracking stuff, guys, weigh it raw, it's so much more accurate than weighing food cooked, because in the cooking process, you're gonna change the weight of the food, um, and it's gonna be different every time. Like, for example, if you cooked oats in water, and you use 300 milliliters of water one day and use 500 another day, there's going to be a big weight difference. So always weigh everything raw, whether that be meat, potato, fish, veg, whatever it is, it's going to be more accurate to weigh it raw. Um, yeah. so that is a big macro tracking tip for you there. Um, another tip I actually got from Nunez from 3DMJ. So if you're someone who kind of, preps for the week or just does bulk cooking you can measure out your sweet potato or just potato and then let's say the potato weighs 205 grams so then so then you carve into the potato 205 and then you bake it and then you have like let's say five baked uh, baked potatoes and you know you're getting ready for work and you're like oh i actually had some um carbs earlier so i want a smaller potato you just look at the one that weighs less and then you track that <laughs> it's actually a good tip yeah yeah that is a good tip i mean luckily mm. now like i used to have to meal prep everything yeah. and i just like weigh out loads of 100 gram portions of chicken and yeah that's good gram portions of potato they'd all be the exact same weight so that i knew what was in each meal yeah. um, 
but now I luckily work from home the majority of the time I can just prepare my meals here but I know what it's like to have to kind of prepare meals and track it in advance on my phone mm. well it is a little bit harder but make your life easier by making your portion sizes the same and just bulk yeah. up loads of like 100 gram portions so that you can then add it up really easily that's another thing that's good about tracking your macros as opposed to following a meal plan is if you're someone who's really busy or you have a different schedule every day it's so nice to have that flexibility yeah. um and being able to kind of track on the go especially when you're traveling yeah and so I definitely... well i will say that i followed a kind of tracking your macro style approach for my first contest prep i had a meal plan alongside that so i think that's something we're going to talk about later but what you can do is you can have an example meal structure or example meal plan alongside a macro target your macro targets your protein carbs and fats and um you then can switch things if you need to but you have the meal structure there if you want to go by that um and that is something that i believe i really strongly believe helped me maintain a really good relationship with food i came out of the back of that contest prep i was absolutely fine like i didn't have a binge eating disorder, which I'm not saying prep causes, I'm not saying following a meal plan causes, but I think it really helped for me to follow an if it fits your macros approach along with a meal structure. Um, and that's something that I provide my clients as well. Like I think it helps to have a bit of both because it te the meal structure or the example meal plan shows you how you could structure your day in order to hit the fundamentals and be quote unquote optimal but the macros give you the flexibility at the same time. Yeah. Tracking macros or if, if it's your macros, isn't, ex isn't an excuse for you to just kind of go into the day and just like eat junk kind of as yeah. you go. I think as an athlete, and if you want really good results, I think it's important to have some form of structure and at least making sure that in each of those meals, like you don't need to eat six times a day to see results, but every meal that you do have, to have protein in it and be eating protein every two to four hours. Yeah, definitely. You must have a full serving of protein from the most, from the complete protein source in each meal. So whether that be meat, fish, Greek yogurt, quark, yeah. whey protein, make sure you have on, to be on the safe side, around 20 grams of protein from that protein source in each meal just to make sure you elevate protein synthesis. And this is more of an important consideration for someone who is wanting to maintain as much muscle tissue as possible or gain muscle tissue. If you aren't bothered about that, then, you know, whatever, just saying for your calories. But people like me and Sammy, other competitors, you guys need to consider that um, and make sure you're eating at least three times a day, I would say. Yeah. And also, guys, just to add to that, so you will get protein from things like oats as well. And those are called, well, it's called trace protein. Um, but you will have trace macros coming from different food sources. So just make sure that when you do try and hit your protein uh, target for that meal, that it's coming from a good quality protein source, like Danny said, from a whole protein source, as opposed to like 10 grams of it coming from oats, for example, you know? Yeah. So just make sure you take that into account. Yeah, you want it from a complete protein source, not yeah. an incomplete protein source. Um, 
which con so a complete protein source contains all of the essential amino acids um which your body cannot produce so that is why you need to have it from your meat fish eggs egg whites greek yogurt or something like that yeah and if you're someone who's vegan obviously it's a lot harder to find um whole protein sources but there are really good vegan protein powders these days that combine protein uh from different sources to create one complete source yeah so, and that's you can do if you're a vegetarian or a vegan you can pair different food sources yeah. which have different quantities of each amino acid to create a complete protein source basically yeah exactly so just bear that in mind um also why don't we touch on things like sauces like low calorie foods and stuff yeah so if you're tracking your macros you need to account for everything whether that be your main meal or the sauces on the side or the seasoning you use you need to account for it in some way shape or form so there are different ways of approaching that and one which i follow myself i just make sure i weigh everything out um and then keep it consistent throughout my contest prep so i know how much sodium i'm having on each meal and how much sauce i'm having with each meal through my off season don't get me wrong i'm so much more flexible with this but during a contest prep you do need to stay on top of it as those small numbers of calories each day add up and make a big difference so for example i would have 20 grams of low calorie ketchup on each omelet that i had each day and i would keep that consistent throughout my contest prep so we either have to weigh it out or you have to keep the quantity consistent throughout your entire prep. So as your calories get lower, the source remains consistent. So you're not bumping up the quantity of source you're having as your calories get lower. Yeah. And it, it's the same for anything, really, even things like vegetables, or if you're eating like sugar-free jellies and things like that. And something that I noticed, and I believe actually revived stronger, Pascal talked about this, but you see low calorie ketchup these days like there's even now a lower one that has no sugar no salt nothing added and what happens is people think it's a free food like it obviously still has calories it has like 50 calories per hundred as opposed to let's say like 90 calories per hundred for the normal one but what ends up happening is they put double or even triple the amount of normal ketchup so actually it's the same thing as if you just had the normal one yeah so you need to keep that into account just because you're having a lower calorie, not no calorie, but a lower calorie option. You have to keep the portion size the same as if you had the full um, sugar, or the full fat one. So just make sure you do that. Or track it. Like we said, yeah. if you want more sauce, go for it, but track it. It comes from your calorie. Yeah. Um, and something that a lot of people I think don't realize, but as you, doesn't have to be contest prep but as you diet and your calories come down things like calories from sauces and especially liquid calories like you need to think is it worth you having it because you need to really be careful with how you budget your calories um and i've made that mistake before um yeah if you're trying to look after your health like getting all your calories from sauce is not going to do you any good <laughs> you'd be much better off getting more calories from vegetables from fruit yeah. from nutrient dense whole food sources as opposed to sauces <laughs> sauces yeah. sauces 
<laughs> from nutrient dense whole foods sources as opposed from sources. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the thing is, like, another thing I realized is that when people start doing if it fits your macros, it's like they've forgotten about like health foods, like you said, vegetables, fruits, and all of that. They automatically start eating things like, oh, what's a good diet hack? Fiber one brownies. I'm going to put that in my plan. Like it's, it's fine to have that, especially if you enjoy it, but just bear in mind that you need to look after yourself, you know? Yeah. And I think when I say that tracking your macros worked for me, I mean, I've always been, I've always kind of gravitated towards whole food sources and like more what you, what you would class as like health foods yeah always been like that that's just how I like to eat so for me that wasn't a problem but for someone who's like oh I'm gonna fit as many pop tarts as I can in a day it's not going to be optimal for them exactly tracking macros is basically rather than your coach telling you like eat this eat that that, you're basically allowing yourself to choose what you eat and your coach is kind of in control of how much you're eating and one reason I do like it for a lot of people or I like people to go through a phase of tracking their macros at least yeah. is yeah. because it teaches them it educates them about food what's in the food that they eat what portion sizes work for them you learn a lot and you have to be a bit independent that's why I like people to go through yeah. at least a phase of tracking their macros yeah and it's nice because like I have some clients for example who are going out for a meal and someone who hasn't tracked macros before was literally freaking out asking me oh what can I have from the menu sending me the menu but the ones who track you know they can go out for a meal and they can go right okay I'm gonna have this and it's probably similar to something I've eaten before like I know how to track that and then they can put it into the MyFit as well yeah so like Danny said it just kind of educates you know and like I think as a coach it's really important to educate your clients rather than just telling them do this do that yeah see results i agree um and like we said it we mentioned earlier briefly you can do a bit of a a mixture of the two you can have an example meal plan and a set of macros to work alongside each other you don't have to be like all one or the other yeah you don't have to be Um, anti-meal plan you don't have to be anti-macros you can combine the two and it's not like they're exclusive at all yeah and something we discussed on the intuitive eating podcast is for some people you could potentially do something like monday through friday when you're working let's say if you have office job um you have a meal plan so then you can do meal prep on monday and on wednesday And then on the weekend, you can just do if it fits your macros and be a bit more flexible, have a meal with your family, you know. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to do it as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then there's obviously the option of just having a meal plan, which works for some people. One reason it is beneficial is because it takes away a lot of decision fatigue. So the time it takes for you to like sit down, decide what you're having, put it into my fitness pile. Some people just find it easier to have a meal plan to work from. Yeah. And then like you can always just update that meal plan every so often, you know, like yeah. a couple of weeks or something. I, sometimes becomes a bit of a problem is when people aren't educated enough to 
make swaps where they have to so for example if someone hasn't they have one day they haven't had chance to prepare the meal that's on their meal plan they haven't got access to it if they then freak out and think oh my god what do i do and then end up thinking oh fuck it like i've not got the the meal plan i've not got the plan on my meal so i'm just going to eat whatever the fuck i want that's where it becomes a problem mm-hmm. people aren't educated enough to make those decisions and swaps yeah. and they feel guilty if they do have to make a swap which can create a negative relationship with food which is why i said i like i like people to go through a phase of tracking their macros but some points it is beneficial to follow a meal plan yeah exactly i think it's really important if you're following a meal plan not to be like married to it and realize that you know your body doesn't know if you're not eating the the food that was on your meal plan yeah so as long as you just make a a swap like for like like obviously you're not going to swap salmon for chicken you know unless you add some extra fats in um so yeah just like if if you've got a, a chicken meal on your meal plan say it's 200 grams of potatoes with 100 grams yeah chicken you need to know that you're okay to swap that chicken for turkey or yeah white fish it's okay yeah exactly um what else i think also if you're someone who's making a meal plan for yourself just because you find it easier to stick to whatever you're busy with work try and make it have different types of foods in there different protein sources different carb sources because if you're eating the same food every single day like that's actually not good for you or at least have like i suggest having maybe non-training day and training day foods you know just because like a lot of intolerances are actually made from eating the exact same thing every single day and never swapping it out that's why people that follow a diet plan of chicken rice and broccoli for an entire contest prep come out the back end of that prep, eat a meal out and blow up like a exactly. because their body becomes intolerant to, that, to diff- any other foods, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, like Sammy said, she's completely fa- right. You've got to be careful and you've got to make sure that actually you are getting a wide variety of foods in your diet because it is beneficial yeah. to your digestion. Yeah, and also that kind of leads me to touch on, like, although we've already had a few podcasts discussing supplements, like... There's no point in you seeking uh, supplements if your diet is just not like doesn't have a wide variety of things. So make sure you're including like loads of different colors of fruits, veg, swapping your protein sources, having different carb sources. And like also, um, obviously, at the end of the day, it's your decision what you do. But the more whole foods you have, the better. Yeah. Because all those processed foods, like they add all those like additives and preservatives and things that start with like all these EA, whatever, what do you call them? Preservatives. Yeah. Um, and like at the end of the day, like you are what you eat. And I think the biggest thing I've personally noticed is when I start eating less packaged stuff, like my acne or not that I had loads of acne, but my skin is basically clear. Um, and I think that's just down to eating more whole foods yeah and i was saying to a client earlier like supplements can become really expensive when you have a shopping list of supplements like when you're having 20 different supplements a day it becomes very expensive and that's such a waste if you haven't even got your diet nailed 
exactly. nail your diet first and then start looking at supplements which could potentially enhance that because at the end of the day they are just supplements they can make a, a very minor difference but you know if you haven't got your diet nailed what's the point you're just wasting your money yeah and a lot of the things that you get in supplements you can actually get through food yeah exactly so, yeah um and then in terms of so with alcohol sammy what do people need to kind of bear in mind with that so when it comes to alcohol i've actually had a client recently talk with me about this so on my fitness pal they don't actually have alcohol as a macro so they have fats protein and carbs but there's no alcohol so when you put it into my fitness pal because obviously they will have things like wine vodka whatever um it will just come up with the calories but not the actual macro so it won't add to your overall macro intake at the end of the day and both danny and i tell our clients that when you're tracking your macros don't go by the calories go by the macros because sometimes certain food sources their macros don't match the calories so always go by the macros and if you're someone who, who's entered in alcohol you'll just have like minus let's say 200 calories from your overall calorie goal but it won't actually deduct anything from your macros so then what ends up happening is you're eating more than you should have exactly. or had more calories so what Danny has made up, actually, I, I wasn't sure how to tackle this, but Danny, do you want to say what you've said to your clients? So basically, you need to track alcohol as a macronutrient for the sake of it. Like, I have my clients fill in a tracking document with their protein, carbs, and fats, and then it works out their calories automatically. So, in order to get the alcohol to register as calories on that tracking document, you have to track it as a macronutrient. So I get them to track it as carbohydrate or fat, ideally carbs though, because you need a decent quantity of fat in your diet for health reasons for digestion. There's a lot of benefits to fat. So I usually like them to leave fat where it is and track the alcohol as carbs, save carbs for alcohol. And obviously protein has its benefits as well. So we don't take alcohol from protein. Um, so what I get them to do is find out how many calories that alcohol contains. So track it as they usually would on my fitness pal. Divide the total number of calories from alcohol by four and then track that as grams of carbohydrate. And then it will appear in the, in the correct quantity of calories on the tracking document. Um, and I know it's quite a long way about it. But if you want to be accurate and you want it to appear, if you're just paying attention to, the, to your macronutrients, you need to track it as a macro. Um, or an alternative option is I'll say to my clients, right, okay, if you're going on a night out, save several hundred calories, which you can then spend on alcohol and just write in the notes in your tracking document, save calories for alcohol and had this many that I know. Exactly. Um, and just a tip that if you're going out, to drink and you're trying to um be careful with your macros like if you're dieting or whatever like there's so many lower calorie options like getting just plain vodka with a diet coke you know yeah. there's no need to get all and diet mixes all the way forwards if you do yeah. i'm not to be honest i'm not an expert on it i've just <laughs> i've worked with that many like clients who do like a drink that i've learned how to deal with it i don't really drink very often myself yeah. um, 
but I've had a few clients who do like drinks. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot easier to track as well. Yeah. And the third approach is obviously intuitive eating. Um, so again, depends on what your goal is. If you're someone looking to get into a really lean shape or compete, obviously intuitive eating is a lot harder to do to get to your goals. Um, but if you're just someone who's looking to, you know, lose a bit of weight or build a bit of muscle. Or even if you just value like your health as opposed yeah. to body composition, and you just want to feel good about yourself and improve your fitness levels, then maybe intuitive eating might be something to consider. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, if you are interested in that, have a look at the podcast with Amelia because that's all about intuitive eating. And we could yeah. on that. Yeah, we went in, into depth in that episode. But just to touch on it briefly now, intuitive eating is basically you're not following a specific meal plan and you're not tracking what you're eating. But I think it's good to first track so that you know kind of what portion sizes are and yeah. don't just go blindly into intuitive eating. Um, and you need to be able to listen to your hunger, hunger signals. Yeah. Um, real intuitive eating doesn't really coincide with dieting because intuitive eating is listening to your hunger signals whereas if you're dieting you are ignoring your hunger signals consciously yeah. Yeah. so real intuitive eating doesn't really coincide with dieting however like people like amelia herself she has lost body fat whilst not tracking her calories not following a meal plan um whether you'd call it intuitive eating or not you know it's up to you but yeah, yeah. I think what's hard with intuitive eating, especially in today's world, is there's just so many highly palatable, high, is it highly palatable foods? Is that what you call them? Yeah. And, you know, people crave into those things. And because everyone's stress levels in today's world is a lot higher, you start having more cravings. And that's not necessarily a hunger signal. Um, also, if you're someone who's kind of new to the fitness lifestyle and you're not drinking enough water, a lot of the time your body's actually just thirsty and not hungry. And I've noticed that when, after I tell some people like, you know, make sure you're drinking enough water, the minute they start doing that, they're like, Oh, I'm actually a lot less hungrier. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. things you need to take into account if you are going to go down that route and, um, I also listened to another one of Amelia's podcasts with um, Revive Stronger and one with the Muscle Mentors as well. And if you listen to those, she talks through a lot of techniques you can implement whilst intuitive eating, which will help with the process, like being mindful, slowing down when you eat. There's a lot of things you can implement which will help. Um, so yeah, it's something, but I, I think if you're starting out and you're dieting for the first time, it definitely helps to either track your macros or follow some sort of meal plan. Um, and I, I was also going to mention, so if you are tracking your macros or following a meal plan, you need to monitor your body composition alongside that. So take pictures, monitor your scale weight, monitor the way that you're feeling, your energy levels, etc. And if you're getting leaner and you're succeeding with fat loss, then you don't really need to make any changes. However, if you're not getting lean, you're not making progress, you need to either 
decrease your calories or increase your energy expenditure. And if you are gaining scale weight, then you need to do the same, but <laughs> in a larger proportion. <laughs> um, so you need to monitor the changes you experience in response to the calories or macros you are consuming and then make adjustments wherever necessary. There isn't a one size fits all on how many calories you should be consuming to lose body fat. It's different for everybody. Yeah. And a common question also, I'm sure you get this as well, Danny. but how do you know what your macros are? How do you calculate your macros? Yeah. And I would do, I would just use that method. So I'd set protein roughly first and then set where I think a client's calories will be. And I can usually guess pretty accurately. I mean, it's an educated guess. Don't get me wrong. I've been doing it for ages and there are equations, but I don't usually go by equations. Yeah. The best thing is just to be consistent, track it for a few weeks, see what your body does. Just be consistent with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can monitor, so you wouldn't just manipulate calories. You can monitor energy expenditure as well through cardio steps um, and manipulate one or the other. Like don't change everything at once. If you're hovering around maintenance, say I'm on 2000 calories and my scale weight's maintaining, um, my body composition is staying the same. In order to lose body fat, I could either drop calories quite a bit, or I could introduce a small amount of cardio and drop calories a little bit and create a deficit from a combination of the two. Or I could drastically increase my energy expenditure, but I would prefer a combination personally. So it's also really important to consider, guys, that although we are talking about manipulating your calorie and energy, calorie intake and energy expenditure to lose body fat, you don't just want to lose scale weight as quickly as physically possible because that's not going to give you the best end product. You need to be able to perform well in order to maintain the muscle tissue you have or potentially even develop a little bit of muscle tissue in a fat loss phase. Um, So in order to protect your performance, you want to try and keep your calorie intake at a decent level um, and manipulate energy expenditure alongside that and not make any crazy drastic changes. You don't want to be too fast with the process. Exactly. And also scale weight is just one measure, especially when you start dieting. I find that some people start holding water because their body is stressed and it has inflammation from, let's say, if you up your cardio and things like that. Um, so it's really important to take measurements, pictures, and scale weight and kind of make an educated guess from that. Right? And monitor your training performance as well. Yes, yes, exactly. And make changes based on all that, but only make changes when it's next. And for females, like time of the month is going to make a difference. Yeah. Your stress, sleep, time of the month, all of those factors affect your scale weight. So it's important to take that with a pinch of salt and not use it as your only measure of progress, but use it as something alongside of the markers. Um, And I personally like to look at averages across the week as opposed to individual Um, weigh-ins. But yes, thank you for listening, guys. Thank you for listening. And as always, we would appreciate any feedback on the podcast, which you can leave in iTunes. Yeah, you can leave us a review down below. Please like and subscribe. We really appreciate your time and we will see you in the next one. Bye.